The River Carno is an eight! To me, the Riesling grape makes the greatest white wines in the world. Don't do it to me like that. That would be ugly. The Copian needs a seven for a straight to knock out Jean Rebet. River Carno oh! is a seven! Ballon <laughs> is gone! Well, I think I'd like a steak. Really? Oh, well, we'll need some red wine then. Heavens. He's breathing a little bit heavier. Can't quite see his neck there, uh, but it's uh, you see that much you see that much money going into the pot. You should definitely be looking at your opponent and, and registering like this. Welcome to Bad Beats and Good Eats, the hyper niche podcast where a top pair pairs top pairs with top wine pairings. And now here are your hosts, Matt Lulesky and Alex Rosenberg. Yes, thank you, Justine. This is Bad Beats and Good Eats. I'm Alex Rosenberg, joined as always by my co-host, Matt Waleski. Hey, Alex. How's it going? Pretty well. How are you? Good. So uh, so we're going to open a... I, this time I brought the wine, you brought the hand, and uh, it's, it's wrapped in a brown paper bag, so we'll see how well you do. Very, very secretive. I'm excited. All right, so... Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start to open up this wine as I, as I do. Why don't you give us uh, the preflop action? Oh, okay. All right. Wow. Or tell tell us. You know, what what, what game are you playing at this? So point? so this is a this is a hand from a one three game at uh, Sugar House Casino in Philadelphia. Nice place. I keep telling you, you gotta yes. try the salad. Yeah, and I still haven't tried the salad uh, because every time I get the steak. Uh, because why have a salad when you can have a steak? You know, it's really hard to podcast and open a bottle of wine at the same time. I didn't really think about that. Well, these are the underrated challenges, I think, of uh, a crossover wine and poker podcast. <laughs> this is the essence, the essence of the endeavor. Uh, yes, yeah, so we're at Sugar House, and uh, we're playing seven-handed. It's 3.30 in the afternoon. It's a Saturday. A nice time for a poker game. Sounds good. And uh, there's a gentleman at the table who is in the small blind... He's the main villain in the hand, and he appears to have been in the game basically all night, maybe maybe a couple of days. Wow. Uh, yeah, he has at least two thousand dollars in front of him in a five hundred dollar max game. Oh my so God. he's so he's been he's had a good good night and day. Yeah, it's been it's been going all right for him. Um, he might want to get some sleep, but uh, that's neither here nor there. And uh, he's he's a late forties guy, white guy, wearing a winter hat. Uh, <laughs> He, he didn't even take his hat off after uh, 18 hours. No, man, it gets cold in there. You gotta, you always have to be prepared in the, uh, especially in Sugar House. Uh, it's freezing sometimes. So, I. That's, uh, that's the. By the way, that's the pop that you heard of the uh, of the wine opening here. I'm I'm even more excited now. Yeah. Um, so, I'm in the cutoff in this particular hand. And how long have you been at this table, by the way? Not very long. Uh, probably an hour, not even probably an hour, probably 30 minutes or and, so. And so he he has he's sitting on uh, $2,000. What do you got? I got $550. Okay. Uh, so the last 30 minutes treated me okay. And uh, <laughs> the, the gentleman to my right is uh, also in the hand. He is in the hijack. And he's a recreational player, maybe in his late 40s, early 50s, and has something like $140 in front of him. So mm-hmm. he's, he's short-stacking. Um, so the, the gentleman, the aforementioned gentleman who's short-stacking, he limps to my right, and I open to $15 in the cutoff with 9-8 of spades. Seems pretty logical. I I think so. So so it's a one three game. So limp. So ne- would you normally do twelve and you added three kind of thing? Exactly. Yeah. Normally I'm opening four x and uh, with the limp in front, I want to isolate this player. I think I'm you know obviously have a skill advantage over an average recreational player, but also playing in position with a hand that flops well. I guess and, so. But but the point is, don't you feel like he's just going to call a lot and then we're going to be at this kind of stupid stack depth and even if you hit an eight you know if you hit a nine you're probably good but uh, i mean how many good things like i i guess what i'm getting at is and and this is the fish in me talking i'd be pretty inclined to to limp behind and then and then if someone else raises he's going to call and then i can just call as well and then we're right i think i think that that's that's a fairly common line of thinking and i i don't necessarily disagree with it and in different sorts of games, I might be more inclined to do that, especially if it's, I mean, if it's a more limp-happy game where I think if I'm in a limp, we're likely to go four, five, six ways, I'm more likely to raise because I think this hand plays better in position heads up where 
I have a lot of mm. boards that I can represent. I have you know, a lot of ace-high boards, a lot of sure. king-high boards. And then I have a lot of boards that are going to deceptively hit my range, like middling cards. I'm going to flop a gut shot, a pair, something like that. Right. That's going to allow me to continue and outplay this guy on later streets. And I don't necessarily want to have that same effect in a four, five, six-way pot. And so hmm. over limping in the cutoff, I think, is at least going to invite both the small blind and the big blind to limp along. Right. And then we're going to go four ways. And, you know, my equity is obviously going to be decreased the greater the number of players in the pot. This is a hand that has fairly decent equity against basically anything this player is limping with. Sure. So I think it plays well through a raise. I certainly I, I wouldn't be opposed to a call. I think the, the worst play is fold, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But... In this particular game, I thought it made sense to raise, and uh, so bumped it up to 15. Okay. And the player, the late 40s guy with uh, 2K in the small blind, he looks down at his hand, sort of ponders for not very long, but a couple of beats longer than maybe average, and then decides to call. Alar- alarm bells, right? Yeah, I, I or probably... Maybe... Maybe it's just like eight five offsuit kind of thing. He's like, oh, I guess I'll call. Could could be something like could be something pretty weak, but I I think more likely I'm putting him on the sort of standard small blind cold calling range, which I think is like a lot of suited broadways. I think he wouldn't think very long if he had a pair. Uh, mm-hmm. Most most people are fairly content to just flick it in with any pair and set mine, see what happens. I thought he probably had a hand where he was at least thinking about whether to three bet or not, but I don't think he's necessarily trapping either. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's probably got some suited Broadway. Well, someone's so short, you don't really want to be trapping. It's kind of right, or or he could have maybe a hand like pocket nines or something like that. That's right on the cusp of a hand you might think about three betting, but also a hand that you'd be fairly content to call and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as as we might expect, also the limper comes along. So, so now we have we have the the Mister All Nighter Two K and the small blind. Mm-hmm. We have the limper in the uh, cut, uh, hijack in, in the hijack, and yep. you in the cutoff. And me in the cutoff. Forty five dollars in the pot minus rake. Forty five dollars oh. in the pot minus rake. Exactly. Yeah. Forty six minus rake. Right. But who's counting? Well, the big blind. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, the big blind. I'm sorry. You're right. Rake. Yes, exactly. So I want to ask you actually about something. That preflop, but first let's uh, let, let's pour some of this as we oh, toggle between the. Uh, I have to hide the the cork. I, I forgot yet. Oh, to hide that's a cork. right. Yeah, that's a that could be a giveaway. Yes. I mean, it's already kind of a giveaway that it's probably not an Australian wine, but the fact that you've selected it, I think, also probably gives that away. Dead giveaway that it's not from Australia. Yeah. All right. So All right, what are we seeing in the color here? We got some light color here. Very light. Definitely can wow. see. Definitely can see your fingers through it. Um, already thinking it might be on the uh, on the Pinot spectrum, mm-hmm. but uh, we'll go in for a sniff, see what happens. Yep, and uh, these glasses are not really allowing me to smell a lot. Yeah, this is. I mean, I don't think it's a super fragrant wine, but uh, yeah. yeah. Full disclosure to the uh, listeners here: we are. By the way, this is a, this is a teachable moment because we're not using wine glasses; we're using uh, I don't know water glasses. Yep. You go to someone's place, nine times out of ten, they'll serve you wine in a water glass. Don't do that. I don't like that. No one likes that. It's not good. It doesn't work. No, it really doesn't. I mean, it's it's perfectly fine for drinking, uh, but if you want to actually enjoy the way your wine smells, it's going to be a little more challenging in a glass that is just wide open like this. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not getting a whole lot on the nose, no, actually. No, I don't think it's super fr- – I'm getting a yeah. little alcohol even. It's, it's... Yeah, I'm getting a little alcohol, too. And I think if I if you swirl it a little bit, you can hear, get some hints of maybe some red fruit. Sure, yeah. But not a whole lot there. All right, you want to go in for a taste? Did we cheers, by the way? Oh, I think we definitely cheers. Cheers, indeed. Mm. Wow, it's tartar than I expected. Yeah, definitely. More tannic, too. Um, get that nice hit mm. of... Uh, Pretty wow. dry, pretty dry tannins. Yeah. Yeah, but we got that. You got that sour, sourness. sour fruit, sour cherry, almost. Mm-hmm. Not as, not maybe as earthy as I was expecting. No. Um, it is pretty fruit forward. You kind of expected to hit the back of the palate with the earthiness, and it doesn't come. Mm-hmm. Any, uh, any early uh, guesses? I'll give mm. you plenty of time. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm inclined to think that this is probably a Pinot Noir. Uh, 
I could be wrong. I don't think it's old world necessarily, although it might be. Um, it's it's mm. more fruit forward than I expected. But I just knowing your tendencies, and this <laughs> is uh, this is a key crossover poker wine lesson. Yeah, always know your opponent's tendencies. I, I would think that you would uh, have selected an old world wine. Yeah, that, uh, that, that's that's a good read. Um, it's I will say it's um, what what. Uh, mm. What's, what's the word I'm looking for? It 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 has this sort of um, it I don't know. It, it it's actually it's a very interesting wine because it's I, well. So so the the goal of the podcast though is is I, and I should have made this clear to the, to the listeners is actually to figure out what to pair the wine with and what to do in the poker hand. Probably should have said that at the top, mm-hmm. but um, so we're kind of going to talk through the hand and, and figure out you know what Matt may have done differently and then also what we would pair the wine with so any early early you know actually let's hold off on the pairing thoughts okay. until after the flop so we're going into the flop here <laughs> it's, it's two things that are really hard to keep track of okay so we're going into the flop here with uh with 50 45 dollars in the potish uh and we're three-handed we here as matt are sitting in the cutoff holding nine eight of Clubs? Spades. Spades. God, I always get the black but cards confused. It's fitting that you should bring up pairings because we're <laughs> about to make a pair. Okay. Uh, the flop comes jack of clubs, nine of clubs, five of spades. Jack of clubs, nine of clubs. Interesting. Yep. Interesting. So, so my first thought, obviously, is like, oh, do I bet? Do I check? What do we do here? Yeah. So I, I assume that the um, the cut the hijack checks. Yep, as does the small blind. Oh, um, sure. So, sorry. Yep, yeah. it, it checks to us, and this is sort of I, I think the first, a weird flop to lead from the first small blind. I think somewhat interesting. It's yeah, a, I I think it's actually not a bad flop to lead. It's probably is it sorry. What are the suits again? Uh clubs two tone with clubs. Okay. Oh, all right. So it's not terrible. So yeah, and we have we have a backdoor backdoor spade draw. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some backdoor straight draws, and obviously we have middle pair, um, middle pair decent kicker, okay kicker I guess whatever. Uh, and yeah, this is sort of the first interesting spot in the hand. Although I think we can we obviously talked about whether to raise preflop, but I think when going multi way like this with a hand like this that's medium, especially when you flop like this, a medium strength hand, multi-way, against a small blind cold calling range in particular that I think is likely to be fairly strong and likely to contain a decent number of jacks, actually, that I think he's likely, almost certainly going to check. Right. Uh, I opted to check back. It's such an interesting spot because, so so you know this, but for the benefit of the listener... Uh, mm-hmm. There aren't necessarily more than one. I'm just saying, uh, for the for the benefit of the listener, uh, on one hand, so there, there are two traditional reasons to bet, right? You get a worse hand to fold, you get a better hand to call. I mean, that's uh, now there, that that's true. That that's a sort of old school way of thinking yep. about it. Yep. Theoretically, the reason to bet is it gets you to a, a more profitable part of the game tree. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case. It's we're, we're definitely not getting a better hand to fold. There's a zero percent chance. Right. Uh, two tens would be well. I guess uh, nine queen would be the hand that's a pip up. No yeah. one, no one's folding that. Ten nine is an open ender, or, or no, rather ten nine is never folding. It has it turns very well. Right. Um. Yeah. Unlikely so, to see any better hand fold here. Right. And me at the same point. You know, uh, some worse hands can so, some hands that are worse now can call, um, and, th- and that that don't have draws can theoretically call. I mean, listen, if you're holding two threes, if you're holding a pair of threes as the guy who limps in, I mean, you're probably going to end up calling the flop, especially your player profile. You know, you look like a guy who continuation bets all the time. That's true. I do. So, I fool them. I don't. I don't see that as often as you think. I've uh, noticed this actually. Yeah, that's uh, it's a common it's a common leak. Uh, just see betting all the time. Yeah, yeah. I think people think, you know, I have the initiative. What do these guys have anyway? They're going to have to have something to call me. But it's important to think about the kinds of boards where people are more likely to continue. And right. especially given what we put the small blind on, uh, which is suited broadways and some pocket pairs, but some decently strong pocket pairs, those hands are just pretty unlikely to fold, even if he has pocket eights somehow. You know, we have an eight. It's pretty unlikely. But... 
even if he has pocket eights, he's probably continuing. That would be great great for us. Yeah. Um, hands that we would like to fold, like, say, ace-10 or uh, ace-queen maybe, these kind of overcard hands that actually have decent equity against us, sure. are pretty unlikely to fold to a single bet. It sort of depends. I think we do put the small blind in a tough spot uh, if we bet because he still has the short stack player behind him who has sort of a perfect stack to shove. And if mm. he wanted to check jam, I think it would be a pretty, pretty, be a pretty good play. Uh, and this is also a board that hits a limp caller's range pretty well. Those ranges are often going to contain hands that are going to maybe queen 10 has an open ender here. Queen jack is top pair, has some backdoor straight possibilities. Uh, and then, of course, clubs obviously loom as a, as a possibility for either player, really. Uh, so I opted to play maybe the the conservative line. But I have a hand. Also, one, one thing that I haven't mentioned, too, is my hand turns pretty well. Um, and what we mean by that when you say a hand turns well is that there are a lot of cards that will come on the turn that will give me additional equity even against a better hand. So if a spade turns... I've turned a flush draw. Mm-hmm. If a 10, 7, queen, 6, I think. Yep, 10, 7, queen, or 6 turn, I turn a gut shot or an open-ended straight draw. And all of those will allow me to continue even facing, say, a lead from the small blind on the turn or a lead from the limper uh, in in the hijack. So we have a hand that I think rates to be the best a decent amount of the time but also that can hold up pretty well against the pressure. I guess what I'm, yes, and and to me it does seem like a check. I guess what I'm wondering, though, is are we we making it too tough on ourselves to win the hand if we check? I mean, I just think that we win a pretty good percentage of the time here. Mm -hmm. I think that the fact that we have a nine is almost better as a blocker than as value because it blocks, you know, sets and two pairs, obviously, and, right. and pairs. And, you know, and if, if he has a jack, we're not super thrilled about being – like, I, I think you're really getting pretty good information if you if you bet. It's, al- it's almost yeah. like one of those spots where you can bet. Um, they're probably going to call a decent amount of the time. Mm-hmm. You, you at least charge draws. And if they have a better hand, if, if they raise, I mean, it's just a very simple fold. You're, you're not right. giving anything away. Right. And and if they if they check, you know, e- even if or, or, or pardon me, if they call, you can you can decide on the turn what to do. Whereas right. if you check here and then you get bet into and it's not one of your, I mean, let's just say it's like a random king peels off yeah. or even a random deuce. Right. You know, small blind leads into you no matter what the the cut the hijack does. We're, it's going to be pretty not, hard to continue. We're not in a great spot, right? So yeah, yeah, exactly. From, from it's it's ironic because from a, it's sort of a, a old world, new world uh, spot. Getting back to the wine, because mm. from an old perspective of you know our better hands call, our better hands folding, our worse hands calling, it's a check. But from a game theory perspective, like if you threw it into a solver, it, it I, I'd, yeah. I, you know what I mean. There, there's a better case probably for betting. Although, yeah, like I, like I said, I I would I would. I would check because just to throw one more thing in there, I think that you're, since you do have a skill advantage, you're better off. I, I always, when I have a skill advantage, like to let more information come out before I make my mm-hmm. decisions. Right. So uh, I, uh, if I was playing a perfect opponent, maybe I'd bet. And against a 1-3 table at Sugar House, I, I might check. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's, there's I think, a case that you should probably be doing some of both here. Uh, I think this is a hand that definitely can bet for all the reasons that you just laid out and if you are betting sometimes with this sort of hand and checking other times with this sort of hand you become very difficult to play against because it's hard for opponents to say okay he's betting he must have top pair or better or or a strong draw if you're betting sort of the middle part of your range but i I gotta push back on you because you're hard enough to play against and 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 they're they're not they're not even I'm not even thinking about that. So yeah, I, so, I agree so, with that. So yes. I mean, if if they like honestly, I always say, if on the river, like a, a bad player, literally, literally, does not remember what happened on the flop. <laughs> like literally, does not shockingly what ha- true. But yes. So, so so if if 
you know, you, so you're playing some complicated game in your head where somehow another nine rolls off, and you're like, wow, I, I never have trips here because I bet. Yeah. It's like they're like, it's 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 such a waste of your mental energy to try to it it, it it's like if I was trying to play a, a three year old in chess and I was like, you know, taking five minutes on every move. It's just mm-hmm. a waste of everybody's time. Right. 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 Well, I quickly checked, so <laughs> spared everybody. Spared everybody the uh, the tank at least. <laughs> so let, let's check these glasses again. If if first of all, I, I'm I'm still Jermaine. If you want to take mm-hmm. a take a guess, where it's, I would think I probably should reveal where it's from at this point. It might help us with the pairing. Yeah, yeah, that's that sounds good. Well, I um, do you have, do you have a, I'm going to tell you this. I it ain't Pinot. It ain't, it ain't Pinot. Okay, that, I'm, I'm not a big big. Uh, you're not a big Pinot guy. Eh, that's true. Overpriced. And it doesn't quite have. Maybe maybe, maybe the acidity that I would expect from a Pinot, I guess. But, boy, I mean, the light color just, it's going to, oh, well, it could be something Italian, maybe. Ah, it could be. Mm. It could be. Like a Nebbiolo, say. Ah. Yeah. You're very close. Am I? Okay. It's a Spana. Oh, oh, Spana. Okay. Which is also Nebbiolo. Okay. Then, yes. There we go. You're, so You're actually right, but they... They call it Spana up here. This uh, is uh, let me let me rip this open here. All right, this is uh, Gattinara. Okay, yeah. From uh, from Reserva. I don't know if that means anything in this in Gattinara, but uh, I, I think actually it is aged at least one and a half, maybe two years. Okay. Petorino is the producer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so Marco Petorino. So Gattinara is from the north northwest of uh, of Piedmont. Okay. Uh, the, the northwest of Piedmont, but they do call it. Spana. Spana is also what they call Nebbiolo in, um, in, in you know, a lot of those northern uh-huh. areas. And, uh, yeah, so it, it's it's kind of a very nice, to me, uh, you know, 2007 is a pretty good year for Brawlo, okay. and, and yep. it, it, it carries well up there. Now, interestingly, this this Appalachian has gotten – it is a DOCG, in, mm-hmm. incidentally. Appalachian has gotten a lot better due to global warming. Ah, uh, they, they didn't used to have – proper wine they used to have to buy grapes every year now, uh-huh. now they now they make grapes every year so ironically this is kind of gaining on the you know barolos of the world yeah and who knows in, in 20 or 30 years this might be, be better a, let me give you a little more here. yeah that's that's something really interesting to think about too is is you know the degree to which climate change is really going to impact places that have traditionally been wine regions especially the ones the very hottest places and driest places i think are going to struggle i had i was telling alex before we went on the air that i had a wine from Barossa in uh, South Australia earlier today, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's a pretty hot, dry place. And uh, as as you know, hot temperature um, as as good in the heat as Syrah is, it uh, might struggle in the future when well, it's like 120 degrees and they have no water in Australia. So although well, you know the water issues, but although I will say one of my favorite Syrahs in the world is is Alangrio's Siraco from Morocco. Oh, interesting! It's really good. I've it's, never had that. It's That's... really like spicy and fruity and fun, uh, and I I can almost pretend in my head that it's not a new world wine because you know what I mean. Right, Morocco's right. like I guess like the old world. Well, I was, you know, my guess. So we we did a blind tasting with the uh, with the Barossa Shiraz earlier, and my guess was that it was a Spanish wine actually, mm, thinking right. that it would be something like Priorat or these like very new world fruit forward mm-hmm. um, Spanish wines. And there, you know, it was funny. He was the the guy hosting it said to me, "Well, do you think it's old wor- old world or new world?" And I said, eh, "I think it might be from Spain." He said, "So old world." And I said, "Well." But would we really say that about a lot of Spanish wines? Well, well Priorat, there's no yes. way you can yeah. call that. You can't, you can't call that old world, even if it is in the old world. Right. Um, yeah. Speaking of old, I mean, the, the orange color in this, I think, is, is really beautiful. Really, I know. Um, anyway, I, I, I recommend this. This is, a, this is a nice bottle. This is, I think, a $40 bottle of wine. So, okay. You know, it's a nice, uh, maybe maybe not te- technically a weeknight, but maybe a Thursday. Thursday. There you go. There you go. Thursday. Which, Thursday. If only Thursday was not technically a weekday. Right. Um, well, eh. it's it's on the cusp. It's on know? the cusp. It's definitely one of the better weekdays. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so so I want to get to the pairing after the turn, but uh, okay. But let's so so now to follow the action. <laughs> okay, I got it. I can follow the action. I I can I can review the action. No, I remember. So we're so we have uh, we still have about forty five dollars in the pot. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're holding nine eight of spades. Yep. And the flop is Jack of Clubs. Jack of Clubs, nine of clubs. Yep. Can't be the nine of spades, can it? And mm-hmm. the 
five of spades? Correct. You oh, got it exactly go. right. Jack, nine, five. And we went check, check, check on the flop. And we're heading into the turn. Uh, small blind, uh, I'm excited about seeing what he does on the turn. Yeah. He's been there at the casino in a while, sitting on $2,000, but we are 500 and well, five hundred and yeah, we're about five hundred and thirty-five dollars effective at this point. Yes, yeah, so a massive amount behind. And uh, speaking of how this hand turns, well, we hit one of our probably nut turn cards. The turn is the ten of spades. Okay. So we turn an open ender. We have sort of the bad end of the open ender with our eight, and uh, still have our pair, and now have picked up a flush draw to go along with it. And it uh, the small blind checks. Which I think, at this point, I sort of feel like he's done with the hand. And uh, that sort of plays into the next decision, because the limper, who has about $120 behind or so, $125, $130, he leads $25. (laughs) So weird. That's so odd. And now it's on us, having, having hit our nut turn card, but having been led into by the limper. What right. do you do here? Yeah, I mean, I just, uh, I you got a call to me. I I, I think folding is you, you can't you can't fold. You have way too much equity to fold. Mm-hmm. Um, and raising ain't so hot. I mean, you you, you don't because because if you, I mean, if you raise your you're basically putting him all in. Yeah. And he's gonna call. I mean, I do we remember the opponent uh, description here? Yeah, he's sort of a, 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 I would say, fifty-ish recreational, clearly recreational player. Um, you know, he doesn't really have. I I've been at the table for only thirty minutes or so, so I really don't have any player-specific information. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we can go on the demographic data. Unfortunately, these things often play into our decisions. He's a 50-something black guy, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know quite what that means for how a person plays. Uh, yeah, I, I just, I just, um, that, that, I think that's helpful. Um, at the same point, in the history of the 1-3 game at Sugar House, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone has ever bet $25 mm-hmm. and then folded for the last 100 in their stack. I literally yeah. don't think it's ever happened. <laughs> like, if he folded, the entire room would stand up. And like giving him a, give him a standing ovation. Like, I mean, it would be sh- that rare. I mean, that's, we're talking like triple axle followed by a, another gymnastics term. Well, you should prepare yourself because it's about to get interesting. Okay, and it might end with him folding. Um, so I agree with you, um, just in terms of my immediate decision, well, how to play against this yeah, twenty five dollars. Yeah. Go. Basically, he's going to have a hundred dollars behind or so, and if I call, there's going to be about a hundred dollars in the pot. So I'm not worried about getting in the last 100 if I hit my hand. In position in this situation, I'm going to have an opportunity, whether he bets the river or not, right. to get all the money in. Yeah. And I can play pretty perfectly against him. Oh, yeah. If I don't improve, basically, I, I can just fold. Jesus. And Yeah. So that, that makes the hand pretty straightforward. And I think in terms of thinking about the small blind player, I have a hand that has really good equity. I'm not afraid of the small blind player coming along. And I think at this point, having checked twice on this board after calling the flop, or, or calling preflop, rather, I expect that he's probably done with the hand. Well, it'd be really goofy for, I mean, he could call, I, I can imagine him holding, honestly, even even a, even a, a queen jack and just deciding, oh, mm-hmm. I'll check again and see what happens. Yeah. I, I can definitely imagine him calling, but it's, it's very difficult to imagine him raising. Yeah, I can imagine him calling definitely with a hand like, say, king 10. Which might want to check here. Oh, there's a million. You know, these people good, call. Yeah. Call. He's. He. You know. Listen. Right. I mean, th- people call with all kinds. I, of I don't things. think he he's sitting on two thousand dollars because he made all kinds of speculative folds on the turn. No. I mean, let's be honest. No, I I think th- I think that that's right. Um, so I call and uh, it's back on the small blind player who puts in a check race, and he makes it one twenty five. That's so weird. That's so weird. It is weird. I cannot. Okay, so what hands? Huh, what hands would this actually make sense? With? I guess. Right. Um, okay, so it's so now we're we're looking at a board that's uh, Jack ten nine five. I guess if I had King Queen, I might check raise. Sure. I think I check raise with King Queen. I think I think that that would be a very good play. Yeah. It, Especially with me in position, having been, if I were check two twice, I would likely be betting very wide. Mm-hmm. Uh, although. It's funny, on this particular turn card, I'm actually, like, 
probably not betting as much as people would expect because this still feels to me like a card that's better for my opponent's range than mine. And I have a hand where I might just want to take my equity. Um, Mm -hmm. But it probably would be too tempting if it were checked to me. I probably would have bet. And if somebody had king-queen, it'd be a great spot to drop the hammer. Yeah, Um, I I think so. I think... I think it's your best shot at, at, at actually getting paid with, with king-queen. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, then again, uh, since we're not dealing with an elite player, right? most players of that description probably would just lead king-queen, to be honest with you, because they're, so, they're right. so scared that then the—I mean, think about it. There's, there's, there's two flush draws on the board now. Yeah. One of the flush is going to come in, and he's, and he, he's going to check. The flush is going to come in, and he's going to smack the table, and he's going to say, God damn it, and then he's right. going to throw his snap, cards at the snap dealer. Snap fold, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and that's, I, th- I think that that's a, that's a great observation. It's so true that, like, in these games you see very often, people, as soon as they hit a good hand, it, they will lead. Or if it's a spot where other players haven't shown a lot of interest in the hand and they have something that they think is value, they're going to lead because they're worried more than anything else that they're not going to get paid. Right. And that, I think, is the wrong mindset to have. You really should be thinking about what are your opponent's tendencies in this spot, and that's what makes king-queen as a check-raise so good. Now, Although, you know what I would do is I would, I would bet like $15. Oh, try to induce. Try to induce. Yeah. And then just drop the hammer. And and I think inducing on this board is actually really good. Because it does really suck good. if, a, if, a, if it, I mean, half the deck, you know, puts a potential flush out there. It kind right. of sucks. Now, I mean, l- let's remember, too, though, that both of the suited king-queen combinations that have flush draws are possible. And in that spot, I think you just want to slow play. For sure. Um, For sure. You just yeah. you have the nuts, the nuts and with the, nut the nuts with the redraw. Yeah. You're you're afraid of next to nothing. So, you know, I, I agree. I think that leading leading small could be interesting there, um, and trying to induce a raise because this is a turn card where a ton of hands have picked up equity. Right. I mean, just any naked queen now is an open ender and like a pretty good open ender. Right. And any naked eight is an open ender. And uh, with right. two spades on the on board, now people kind of picked up backdoor flush draws. There's all kinds of possibilities. And here. again, you know, there's this young hotshot uh, elite poker player sitting at the yep, table. That's me. I mean, what? What? I mean, but but seriously, like w- players of your player description, like you have some kind of weird, you know, open ender. Like you're not just gonna fold. You're gonna be like, ah, oh, fifteen dollars. Right. He clearly has a jack, you know, or something like that. And and um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would go for it. No, I don't think you would. I wouldn't go for it in that spot. I would take my equity. Yeah. I mean, if he had led 15 just and, and the limper called, I'm definitely overcalling, thinking like fist pumping, basically, because I, I'm getting essentially a free draw and like five, six to one. Yeah. And it's it's just an incredible price with a hand that has great equity and that and on a board where a lot of people are very unlikely to fold to a race. Because they're likely to have, you know, decent equity, too. And also, I mean, we should remember, too, that, like, dominating draws are definitely possible on this board. Um, I mean, we'll get to this when the action's back on me. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this is kind of a—this puts me in a tough spot with my hand because better flush draws are definitely possible, and I have the bad end of an open-ender. And uh, I do have a pair, and— you know, my two pairs might be good. My trips might be good. Uh, but I realistically might just be drawing to a couple of straight cards and maybe a, maybe a live flush, but you don't know. Uh, no. Yeah. I mean, if the flush card comes in, then you just open jams. You're not, you're not loving life. No, I am not loving life at all. So, so it's interesting because we, we've been on this long tangent just about like if there's one particular hand that would right. make sense. Right, right. There the, are the, other hands that make sense but, too. But, but that, that said, I think there are very few hands that, that make sense here, which is mm-hmm. why we're, we're so surprised about right. the, uh, the raise here. So he, so he, okay, so, so action's back on us. So just to review the action, the, uh, the, the the cutoff, God, I keep forget uh, the hijack led twenty five. Mm-hmm. You call yep uh, the small blind check race to one hundred and twenty five. Correct. And the, the hijack guy got to assume got to assume he calls. No, he folds. So weird. I know because you're getting really a good price. I mean, with the implied price because you're because if he calls, I mean you're yeah. I mean you're he calling has to or jamming that I'm or something. Calling. Yeah. I mean. A really beautiful thing could happen where you jam with a draw, the other guy folds, and all of a sudden, right. he's he's he basically 
colludes with not not yeah with a capital C, but he he implicitly colludes with you. Because right. just to explain that to the audience real quick, if what what could happen is Mac could force uh, the two K guy out of the hand mm-hmm. by jamming because because the two K guy might not you know let, let's say he does have. Uh, ace queen or ace jack and yep. he chose to raise which isn't the craziest thing in the world mm-hmm. and then and then but he can't really call he doesn't want to call another 500 right so 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 then the other guy ends up heads up again so it, it's a really 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 good spot to call as yeah. as the just just on the odds that that happen and even not you, you mean you you're gonna have one third equity with with most of the hands you bet twenty five dollars worth, right? I can't. Right. Yeah. I think. I think. Yeah. I mean, what that's did he think would happen? Probably right. He thought. Every, he thought everyone would fold. I think that's what he thought. God, that's I think weird. he really did think everyone would fold. That's not. And I think he was taking a stab with a hand. You know, maybe he had a nine, but I don't think he had a jack. You just don't see players fold their last hundred in the spot with well, top you know pair. What? Maybe he really yeah. didn't want to. Maybe he was in a fight with his wife. He really didn't want to go home. That's right. He just wanted to hang out, you know. Or husband. I mean, either. Well, yeah. right. And he and he saw the guy at the other end of the table who'd clearly <laughs> been there all night, and that was his aspiration. <laughs> I mean, maybe he'd been there all night. We don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've seen stranger things than people short stacking at the end all of an night. eighteen-hour session. Yeah. It's so, <laughs> pretty remarkable. Not but my it preferred. Does, uh... Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to be doing that. But it, some it, people have a hundred dollars left to lose, and they got to get rid of it. So. But it's like all have if. If someone opens a great bottle and I've already had six glasses of wine, I'm gonna have a seventh glass. Oh, I'm having the seventh. But yeah. if you if you open a barefoot Merlot, I'm not having the last glass. You know what I mean? That that to me is like short second the end of an 18. Right. Session. Yes. Yes. That is a that is the definition of that. And I don't care what vintage the barefoot Merlot is <laughs> yes, from. Yes. Right. If it's the NV vintage, that's my favorite I vintage. Think that's personally, the only vintage I, they have. I think that that's correct. I don't think they do vintage wines. <laughs> um, it's been a while since I've had barefoot, but uh, if Yellowtail can't afford it, then barefoot surely can't. Uh, I, you know. You know, down, gotta say, here's a little tip. Yep. Down under by Crane Lake is uh-huh. like a five dollar Australian uh, Chardonnay. Uh huh. Not good, but <laughs> not good. Definitely drinkable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there so, you go. So, so, so now it's back on us. Now it's back on us. Uh, and yeah. this, this is an interesting spot. So, so to review, review, review the action again mm-hmm. goes check, bet twenty five, call, raise to one hundred twenty five, right. fold. <sighs> Yep, there's about there's what two hundred fifteen dollars in the pot or so. We have to call a hundred. Ah, it's really interesting. It is. It I really mean, could go either way. We have a hand that has really what what appears to be very good equity. We uh, could be drawing dead, but <clears throat> we could be. Can we yeah, literally be can, drawing dead? Yes, we can. And he couldn't have. Eight. If he had king queen of spades, we'd be literally drawing dead. Yeah. 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 Uh, and. I uh, there's probably some other hands where we could literally be drawing dead, but that's that's we could be drawing very slim. I'll say that. Right. Yes. Absolutely. And uh, and yeah, I think I mean against say Jackson tens, we're not doing great. Uh, we oh, have yeah. outs, but you know that's that's a hand that I guess is possible. Uh, although, it, but even it, against like ace king of spades or or, or clubs, we're we're probably less than fifty percent, right? Against Ace King of Spades, yeah. Oh, for oh, oh sure. So how about Ace King of Clubs, though? Ace King of Clubs. Um, that's actually that's actually a good question. I bet we are. Yeah, we're we're worse than fifty percent. I would say. Yeah, we might be like a two to one dog in that spot. I could I could plug it into it, Poker Cruncher right now. You know now. what? Let's. I, I'm just kind of I'm just kind of curious to yeah. uh, to 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 do. Actually, while I while I plug it in, why, mm-hmm. why don't you give some. Oh no no! So we, we, we got to stay on the turn, don't we? Right, All right. right. We, yes. we, we, we got to stay on the turn. So we got we got just to review again. We got uh, uh, the board. It looks like oh shit! <laughs> this thing is impossible. Yeah, here, okay. here. I'll I'll do it. I'll do it. Poker Cruncher. We'll see if we get there first. All right. Technical difficulties uh, here. Yeah, but this is this is this is the things I'm you curious. have to do when you when you want to study. You know. You got to think about how to do it all. Um, so we'll give him Ace King of Clubs. We'll give us nine eight of spades, and we'll put the board out there. Jack of clubs, nine of clubs, five of spades, and ten of spades. And yep, I was right. Two to one. We're actually a two to one favorite oh, in that wow. spot. Okay. Oh, I I forgot. We're, we have a pair. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's yeah, not forget. We have a pair. We're we're beating Ace high. Okay. Um, if we didn't have a pair, well then then it might be a little closer. 
Uh, All right, there we go. Um, <laughs> that being said, that 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 being said, uh, I don't think Ace King of Clubs is a terribly likely hand for him to be check raising in this no, spot no, no, or to no, be playing no. this way at it, all. It, it, li- yeah. Literally, it makes sense on no streets. But right. but that's what I'm saying. As a, as a fish. Mm-hmm. I can just speak for for other fish and say <laughs> that we even forget what happened last street. I mean, but we, but, but, but but no. In all seriousness, Ace King. Uh, I mean, if this is a person who ever three bets, it's such an obvious spot to three bet from the small right. blind. Yep, for sure. Uh, it's a very very good spot to. It's the, actually an okay spot to lead. It's it's a good spot to. Yep. To uh, to lead the turn again. And, yeah, I would I would probably lead. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't anyway, know. It, if, it, if, it, if somehow you end up there with Ace King of Clubs, I don't know. Is it good to lead the turn? Maybe. There's a lot of hands that are better that are going to call you. But yeah, I don't a, know. Anyway. Any anyway. So so it's it's a very interesting spot here because we we clearly uh, cannot fold. We we right. le- legally cannot fold. Yep. But we can see again, and I I just come back to. We're better than him. Mm-hmm. We're going to know, have very good information about whether our hand is good or not on the river. Yep. We shouldn't have too much trouble getting in on, in and on the river. Yep. I, I, I Against an elite player, mm-hmm. I'd probably just jam. Yeah. Against someone I think I'm better than, uh, I, I kind of like just calling and seeing what happens. I mean, yeah. it, it, feels, it feels so stupid because then all of a sudden you're playing roulette instead of poker, but... I, I mean, I think even against a better player i think i like uh just calling Mm. um you know this is against a better player who i think is going to have a i mean query whether you should really have too many check raises in this spot and if you do i don't think you should have many check raise bluffs so i think this play is really strong um but also you know for all the reasons that we've said we just have so much equity or you know feel like something has to be good that we have the problem with calling is we don't get a lot of clarity about what is good you know right if uh you know if the river brings a spade right. and he leads into us are, are we I, I mean i think we just call there um we don't have a strong enough flush really to raise he's shown a lot of strength on the turn but what flushes is he really repping it, it's a very confusing spot well and, and, and i mean if it rolls off a deuce of hearts a total blank mm-hmm and he jams, which oh, we have to expect. We just have to fold. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I guess we just. Well, have I to mean, fold. I don't know that we'd expect him to jam. You know, if if we call, there's going to be about three hundred and something in the pot, and uh, there will be a, uh, about three eighty or something in the effective stack. I kind of so want to call. Actually, maybe. I, I kind of want to look for a read and, and with a with a mind toward calling. Yeah, yeah, and and ultimately, what I decided to do was call. And mostly thinking that I was likely to get some useful information on the river uh, about whether my hand was good, even if even if we hit. I think if we don't improve, and he bets again on the river, and it's just a total brick, you know, we just have to fold. And you know, we we took our hand, we saw five cards, we had a lot of opportunities. We had a lot pot. of fun. We had a lot. We of learned fun. a lot of lessons along the way. We learned a lot of lessons. We got to play a pot with these people. You know. <laughs> You don't get to do that every day. No. Uh, so that was, that was sort of my plan was to call and see what developed on the river. Okay. So, so with that, uh, so, so now Matt has chosen not to play poker. He's instead going to play go fish and find yep. out. Uh, I'm going to play go fish. <laughs> on the river. No, I'm 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 kidding. I I, I like the call. It's just uh, it, it's it always just feels like, I think, as good players, roughly speaking, you know. Mm-hmm. As uh, as us players of equal skill level, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> no, uh, no, but but seriously, as players who who think about the game, I think the temptation is always to not let the deck decide who wins the hand, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of a weird kind of leak. Yeah, I mean, most people have the opposite leak where they're like, "Oh, I'll just call again with twos, even though someone just right. four bet, you know, and I'll just hope that I a two flops." Yeah, and. And we almost, I feel like, go. I'm going to just speak for myself. I'm not talking for you, but I almost go too far the other way, and I'm and and I've ended up in situations where I'm analyzing the hand, and I'm like, well, it's not that a raise jam on the turn was so bad there. It's just that I'm just so much better off seeing the river because he's going to make so many mistakes on the river, right. and you know whether he calls or folds to my jam, he's not going to fuck it up that much. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, you know my problem is. 
and and this is something that Andrew Andrew Brokus, who does the Thinking Poker podcast, has talked about. It, Calling it, is not it, a compromise. My second favorite uh, poker podcast. Exactly. Bad beats and goodies. Yes. So. After after this illustrious podcast, um, yes, he he says calling is not a compromise. Right. And so when you're t- when you're stuck between two difficult options or several difficult options, I often and too often I think default towards calling and taking the passive option and thinking, well, I have too much equity here to fold, but I really don't know what I'm gonna what's gonna happen if I get raised, and uh, yeah, you get. You sort of talk yourself into this corner where all you're doing is taking these passive lines and trying to realize your equity. And the fact is that this hand isn't going to hit 50% of the time. Right. It's not going to hit – It's. I mean, maybe it's going to hit 30-some-odd 30 percent of the time, which is a good enough price to take the take the call. Meanwhile, but, the feeling – like the, the – if you could analyze my brain as the thought cropped up, or I could raise. Yes. You know, it just feels like – you're in a motorcycle with the wind in your the hair. The endorphins start you know popping. I mean? like, you know, oh yeah! It's I'm like ra- this guy might fold, <laughs> and right. then and then I get all of that and money. They never fold. They you? yeah, I think in this spot they never no, fold. No, it, it, <laughs> I think. It'd be so freaking weird. The I check raise. The folds. check raise is really odd. It's a big. It, it's a big ish check raise. I mean, it's it's really only six x the initial bet, but it's or five x no five x the initial bet. Yeah. Um, but. It's, it's, a lot it's of money. still, yeah. I think in these hundred dollars can buy like four of those salads that I keep trying to get you to eat. Exactly, and and besides, you know, in a one-three game, the amount of times you see like over a hundred dollar bet on the turn, it's enough to get uh, even the sleepy iPad viewers at the table to like peek up a little bit, see what's going on. Absolutely. So, so, uh, so, so, speaking of uh, transitions, yep. Um, what would you think would be a good Good pairing for this uh, again to to remind you of the action. <laughs> it's, this is the most complicated podcast of all time. <laughs> this is a uh, 2007 uh, Reserva, uh, sorry, uh, Petrino Reserva from Gatinara uh, in the northwest uh, northwest of, of uh, Barolo and, and Barbaresco, uh, made from the uh, Spana uh, grape, which is really the Nebbiolo grape by mm-hmm. another. Name and uh, I, I'm I'm struggling with what to pair this with. It's it, it has tannins. Yeah, it for has sure. acidity. Yeah, it's not super rich and full. Like certainly would want not right. want to have it with with uh, you know the, the traditional Barolo pairing. It would be like a, a truffle risotto yeah. kind of thing. Uh, I, I I you know I to me this is almost this wine's almost too fun for that. I this is not a you know. 20th year anniversary mm-hmm. we just ordered the truffle risotto wine right but but where do you go with this one i think where i go my my immediate reaction when i first tasted it was that this would be really good with like a duck breast <laughs> I and, think the same. yeah and were you really yeah yeah, it was, it yeah. Was. i think it's what what's great about duck is it's got enough meatiness and enough flavor and enough fat that like it will pair well with the tannins in this wine it's going to be relatively balanced, but it's not so meaty and rich or like your truffle risotto, just, just rich and creamy, mm-hmm. that it's going to overpower what is still a fairly refined wine. It is. Um, it is. Like, I think you could have this with, with, a, with a Szechuan cumin lamb, mm-hmm. but it would kind of be a shame. I think, I think, yeah. I think there are a lot of, there's a lot going on in this wine. That you would that you would um, would miss in that case, right? And the other the other thing that I sort of thought of is you could do like a, a like a stew, sort of a slow cooked piece of beef, and I think it right. would oh oh that that would, would work really well with that a piece of a piece, you know like a coffee rubbed short rib yeah exactly that would go beautiful because because uh, I mean this is really quite an acidic wine so mm-hmm. you got you got to use that to your advantage you got to cut through the fat of uh, exactly of, of, of a of nice. a duck or a, you know yeah. some, something really fatty you can you can uh, put this up against I think yeah for sure for sure I th- here do you want, uh, do All you want right. a little yeah. more yeah of course or you know what don't overthink it if you're uh, you're having a little uh, 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 what, what, what's that uh, that beautiful cheese from from the Piedmont region that creamy cheese Latour. if you're oh. having a little Latour and a little duck prosciutto have this before the meal. You know what? Mm-hmm. Don't always start with the with the sparkling. Don't always start with the white. Why don't you start with the 
with a gattinara, right? It's actually it's actually a lovely way to start the meal. Yeah, I think I think this would actually. I mean, the, what what you look for in an aperitif is like a nice, acidic, bright kind of flavorful wine, and this is uh, it checks those boxes, just maybe not in the sort of traditional way. No, but it, uh, it's it's mouth watering. It, it yeah, literally it's sure. so sour, literally makes my mouth water. So. Yeah, yeah, delicious. Very, very nice. Okay, so now we're uh, we're heading in. <laughs> we are heading into the, <laughs> the river. river here. I, I like you, you, you. There was no shortage of decisions in that. In this no, hand, no, really. This is this is a this is a hand that has multiple multiple spots in it. So at this, uh, at this point in the hand, the board is the queen of spades. Jack- uh, well, well, oh, sorry, I'll start with a flop. The the jack of uh, clubs, the nine of clubs, the five of spades. Turn uh, went check check check. Turns the queen of spades. Ten of spades. Ah. Right. Sorry. That's why yes, king yes, queen yes. king queen completes. Yes, yes, exactly. Turn is the ten of spades, bringing up a second flush draw, uh, and which we have. Yes, and giving us the flush draw, also giving us uh, giving us the open ender, bad end of the open ender, bad end of the open ender. Exactly. Uh, we still have a pair. Uh, the the turn went check bet call raise fold. That, that, that's in, in chess, that would be a question mark, exclamation point. <laughs> uh, fold, we we call. Um, we're sitting on about $250-ish. Uh, no, I think, how much did we put in this pot? We put 125 plus oh, 15. Okay. So that's that's what, 140 So we have $410 in the effective stack. Oh, wow. Wait, and really? Oh, we start. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because right, we didn't put any money in. Check, check, we didn't put yeah, any yeah. money in on the flop. There that's, you go. There you that's go. where it gets deceptive. So, and there's and there's about three hundred and fifteen dollars or three hundred twenty dollars in the pot. All right, and we're we're anxiously awaiting two things. I will say. Yep. Normally, you're anxiously awaiting one thing. Here, we're anxiously awaiting two things: what the turn, what the river is going to be, mm-hmm. and what our opponent is going to do. That's right. This so, is the benefit of position be, because though. we could win. If it goes check check, in fact, I would would. I would imagine if we... it goes check check, we would win. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the river, drumroll please, is the seven of clubs. So we hit okay. the best end of our bad open ender. <laughs> That's right, because now now we have uh, for those of you who can count seven, eight, nine, ten, jack. Exactly. And do you do, you do that when you're? Yep. When... Yep. The the five fingers. I do the it. Table. On my, I do it. I do it. <laughs> That's the worst tell. (laughs) Literally, guys, when I have a straight or think I have a straight, I count to make sure I have five cards. Seven, eight, nine, ten, jack with my fingers. I haven't I haven't done that in a while. Uh, sometimes once I want to do that as a reverse tell. Oh my god, that would be an amazing reverse tell, wouldn't it? That's that's great. So I I like to do that sometimes. Sometimes you'll see you'll have three of a suit on board, and you'll have the flush. And players love when there's three of a suit on the board to look back at their hand to see whether they have one of that suit. So funny. But they never look back if they have the flush. So that's when you look back when you have the flush. And that'll throw people off a little bit, too, also, if guys, they're paying attention to that remember stuff. remember your cards. I mean, yes, it's exactly. not that tricky. Yeah, really. I just uh, I look twice before the flop, once when it's right, right before it's my turn or when it's my turn, and once right before the flop comes out. And I never forget my cards. On the next episode, we have to talk about do you look bef- right before you're supposed to do something or before that? Ah, uh, Because yeah. I've toggled. Yeah, so I, I, I balance myself on that. I do some, some of both. But, uh, yeah, we'll, so we'll save that for the future. Yeah, mixed strategy. All right. So, so, so here. So, so, now we, so now we have a straight. Mm-hmm. We do not have the available flush. That's note. right. The, the, the front door flush, the clubs that were – we had two clubs on the flop, and now we have our third club arriving on the river. So kind of an interesting spot, especially when the small blind leads – but for the same bet as he check-raised to on the turn, he makes it 125. I don't know, Matt. I, we, we, we can't fold. We've come this far. Exactly. We, and, and raising seems suicidal. This, this, yep. is, this is a true to, to steal from, uh, a, a, you know, I think it's, an, it's a less cool poker podcast, just to mm-hmm. be fair. But the, the Poker Guys podcast would call it sure. a game theory disaster spa where almost every worst <laughs> hand is going to call uh, to fold yep. and every better hand is, is going to call exactly I, I think this is a straightforward call and uh, I thought about it for a minute about, yeah I mean it's a big pot you might yeah exactly take and the time and clubs just Count on your toes if you have to clubs just don't really make sense from our opponent no, um, they certainly don't he I, I think if he's 
betting clubs at all. He probably leads them on the turn. I just don't think he's really likely to be check-raising the turn with clubs unless he has something that he's also turned, like he had, say, ace-queen of clubs, and he's now turned uh, an open-ender to the nuts on one side and has the nut-flush draw or something like that. But that's too specific. Or has, like, uh, what would be another one? If he had, like, four, five... Yeah, or shit, ace, shit, ace shit, five of clubs. Wait, wait. Yep. Three turns. He had like four, five of clubs where he yeah. had bottom pair, so he didn't yep. need to lead. Or yeah, or or ace five of clubs. I think makes some sense. Oh, I man. guess. But how if, can you look down at ace five of clubs and not three bet it? But yes, you, if that's you look right. at ace five of clubs in a small blind, you don't three bet. You don't have a heart. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I'm just saying. I sometimes I don't, but oh, I'm, I'm a heartless. I'm a heartless guy. That's uh, and, that, and that's position limp raise. You're in this anyway. Whatever. Yeah, that in that spot actually, I think it's a it's a slam dunk three bet. But whatever. Whatever. <laughs> neither, neither here nor there. No, I, we have to call. I think we have to call, and especially against this sort of weak sizing. I think if our opponent actually did hit the club flush, he's much more likely to lead out big. He's, or go he's, small. Either one. I mean, I, yeah. I I'm a big believer, and and this is controversial. I'm a big believer in the balance blocker bet. Ah, uh, that's yeah. Balance blocker bet. That's important because you know, you if you go small here, it's kind of nice. I mean, you could go small with a set. You could go go small with a, like a weird top bear. Right. And and you could go small with with the not flush. I, I kind of yeah. like that. Yeah. Because then if you have another flush, you might raise him. I don't know. Right. No, it, it it definitely allows him, I mean, a bet of this size allows him to see the river or, or allows him to get to showdown with a lot of, like, decent value hands and get some value, but prevent me from, like, betting, you know, if he had checked to me in this spot, for instance, I would have almost certainly bet more than 125. Um, would you have jammed? No. No, I would have. I would have probably bet something more like... What is there? Three twenty in the pot. Less than two hundred, but more than one fifty. But let me ask uh, you this: Let's go. Let's let's go down this road. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm going to ask? If he jams, yeah. Do you fold? I I think I think I do. I think you do too. I think it I sucks, do. Though. It sucks. Yeah, for sure, it sucks. I mean, you've you've gotten in some ways. This is like one of the better cards for our hand. Like we've hit the best part of our open ender. And granted, the front door flush came in, but we don't think that that's very likely for a variety I, I, of reasons. Well, but it would be so weird for him to raise and then check when the flush comes in. I mean, oh, literally yeah. no one does that. Right, right. No, that's that's right. So anyway, um, if you're ready for results, we can tell you what he was check-raising the turn with. Okay. Because we did get to see it at Showdown. So you call, and you patiently wait for him to table his hand. I call, and he says, you're good, and shows... Ace Jack of Spades. So flopped top Whoa. pair. Check raised the turn when he turns the nut flush draw. And blocker bets the river with top uh. pair, top kicker. I actually think it's a it's a serviceable line. I, I, I don't guess it's not that weird. I mean uh I don't think I, I would have check raised in a, in well, this spot. I would have probably called. I'll, I'll tell turn. you what it would have done. I would I Definitely would have three bet pre flop. Interesting. I, I, well, I just hate being in the small blind with, yeah. two, with two players in position. And yeah, and and, and Ace Jack is nice. It blocks. Da da da. Right. And and then you flop up. And yeah, I guess I, I don't think I would have led the flop. I don't see a lot of point in that. If yep. it's fine to check. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I wouldn't have raised, but like I wouldn't have been thrilled about just calling either. Right. Like I don't think the raise is the worst thing in the world. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and and I think you know the the hard part about his hand. I will is say that... betting, just to interrupt, betting mm-hmm. the river, is is lunacy. Mm-hmm. Betting, you think you think his lead with, of one twenty five is lunacy there. I I don't I don't yeah I don't think I don't think it makes really any sense at all. I think well okay there's a, there's a decent amount of draws that miss. Because remember are going that fold any yes that's true. Also yeah, you're gonna you're, right. you're gonna you're he's right. gonna fold if you jam right. Right. So what are yeah. we? What are we? What are we? What are we done getting here? What are we called by? You, you're getting called by like specifically Queen Jack, uh, King Jack, and yeah, I, th- I think those hands are definitely continuing on the turn with their gut shot plus top pair. That's fine. So now, and, so now you have to hope the the guy has a third Jack 
and either yeah. a king or a queen. I mean, yeah, basically, basically, because other, otherwise, parlor. everything, everything else that you're getting, you're not getting called by a naked ten or something. Like, there's no way. And uh, I mean, let, let's be honest, man. Yeah. This is a. Oh my God! What do I do now? Right, exactly. I've I've just done this thing. I've just check raised the turn. Now I brick, and not only did I brick, but like this is a bad a river card. card. <laughs> yeah, like this is not a good river card against your opponent's continuing range. Like I don't know how many eights I have, but I have ten eight and uh, nine eight for sure. <laughs> and and eight, I guess eight seven is already the straight on the turn. So, but but it's yeah. it's yeah. I mean, to me, it's like. I, I think you were right to pick up on his sizing there, because let's be honest, if it was the seven of uh, of spades making him the, the nuts, right? There's no way he would bet one twenty five, right? And and if it was a pure bluff, by the way, mm-hmm. I don't think he would have bet one twenty five. No, either. I don't think he's bluffing at this sizing. I, I think uh. it just has to be. I think it just has to be top pair, top kicker. I, yeah. I think it just literally has to be top pair, top kicker. Something something like that. I mean, the, Which is the, kind of interesting because it maybe argues that you should have raised with a straight. Should have raised. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know that we can get a call from a hand like he has. Uh, but it is interesting to think about on this board. I mean, there's a lot of two pairs out there. And... I, th- I think people are check raising a decent amount of top pairs. I think he's probably check raising like Jackson tens on that turn, uh, assuming he doesn't lead them. But if I had a two pair hand and it's just gone check, 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 and we're now on a turn where it's Jack ten nine X two tone or, or two flush draws, I think you should be leading. I mean, the board is very wet. You can get called by a lot worse. There's a ton of draws available, mm. and your hand benefits from protection. Uh, but I don't know. He thought he thought his best route was. Well, I mean, really, he hit his gin card in a way. Although a, a, a brick spade would have been better for him. I mean, uh, it it just. But the fact that and 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 we'll, we'll make this the last point before we finish up on the wine here. Mm-hmm. The fact that he bet one twenty five. A bet that is almost designed to be called by right. even almost even the curious, the curious nine x that somehow doesn't have two pair in a or a straight or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's just like it's a it's a bet that like you can't really like like what hands are going to fold there that are better than top top. Yeah. Not I mean if if you have two pair, you're you're not gonna love it, but you'll probably still call. Yeah. I mean li- literally a pip up. Yep. So the fact that he bet with top top, mm-hmm. and the the mere fact of you call, and I know I've played with you, you don't give a lot away even when you call. Mm-hmm. The mere fact of you calling made him say you're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it indicates a serious that's, that's serious a, that's reach of his point. poker player duty. That's a, that's actually a great point because the fact that I call this bet and, and he has top top and he has top pair top kicker he has made the bet and he knows that he's not good because I've called means that he probably shouldn't have been betting in the first place. And that's uh, yeah, that's a dead giveaway like, there. Like was he bluffing? Not really. Was he value betting? Clearly not. Yeah. He was he was um, merging his <laughs> yeah whatever whatever was going on in his head I I think it was time for him to pick up and go home did he he uh, no I I left pretty quickly to go you to a left different before he left to go to I was playing two five um, so I was just done this was a temporary stop um, but I probably should have stayed honestly because he yeah. had he had approximately one zillion big blinds so uh, and and had. Not very much sleep, clearly. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Should have stuck around. Uh-huh. Could have been positive. Could have been plus EV. Well, and 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 you would have seen how long the uh, the guy with now uh, about a hundred dollars lasted. Yeah, that's true. Um, he probably had a pocket full of hundred dollar bills that he was going to reload <laughs> one at a time. Uh, I love I love <laughs> short stackers. Annoying thing ever. <laughs> so tilting. Um. So I think. Uh, here, here, here's what I would do with this wine. Mm-hmm. Here's the situation, okay? Your friend just got married. Mm-hmm. Oh, that I did just get married. But, you did, but yeah. I'm actually thinking of a different friend. Your friend just got married. He is making uh, a huge roast pork mm-hmm. up in the country. Yep. It's summer. Yeah. It's July. Sure. He's making a big roast pork. Mm-hmm. You want to bring a wine? Sure. You're bringing this. 
Yep. This this and is you're, and you're gonna lightly chill it because it's hot outside. Precisely. And this, and is, this would be great at cellar temperature, like 55 degrees, exactly. 60 degrees, like perfect. I gotta say, as this warms up, uh, it's it's the opposite of warming on me. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it when it just came out of the wine, yeah, fridge, when it just came out, it was terrific. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think I think this is this is a beautiful barbecue wine, mm-hmm. and or or a nice aperitif wine. Yeah. Uh, nice, nice bottle. It's, it only will cost you well either uh, either eight buy-ins or sorry eight eight, eight big blinds. Yep. Right. Or uh, divided uh, by three, it's hard. 10, 11, 13, 13 big 13 blinds. Big blinds. De- depending on the stakes. Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah, it's just like a medium. Oh no, that's actually a pretty big open. So, <laughs> yeah, small yeah. three bet. Small, small three bet. Exactly. Small three bet in a one-three game. So, uh, so if you've made it to the end of bad beats and good eats, I, I just don't know what to say to you. Salute, salute. That's yeah, the only thing honestly, to say. Uh, and good and good luck. Yes. What do you say? You don't say good luck, do you? I don't really. No, when I usually usually when I get up from the table, I'll say good luck, guys. But, know, that's, but that's like a needle. That's the only. Yes, it is. It's usually <laughs> after I get stacked, and I'm like, "Good luck, guys," or like, "Run better than me," you know. <laughs> but <laughs> who's that? Who's that guy at the home game that says, uh, uh, "Well, I've whenever he gets, he's like stacked twice. He's like, well, I've had just about enough fun for today.'" <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's. Um, oh God, what's yeah. his name? Yeah, yeah, he'll, yeah. I he'll, know who you're talking about, though. That's he that's, always has a great line. As he he always does. He's always and and sometimes they're unique too. Um, yeah. It's it's always good to have some parting parting needles for the for the kids. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Well, uh, well, with that, we will we will part. Um, thank you for joining us, and uh, and good luck. Yeah, I guess. mind a fold there from Matt, but uh, the call worked out for him.